episode 111 of the Cricket Her Weekly. Is 111 meant to be some kind of superstitious yeah, thing? Yeah, we're supposed to stand on one leg or something. <laughs> I don't think I can do that for 20 minutes. Okay. Sorry, we're breaking all the, all the superstitions here. Um, so let's begin by talking a little bit about um, the English regional stuff that's been going on, Sid, because um, there were some friendly warm-ups going on, or maybe not so friendly, who knows these days. <laughs> but... Um, meant to be friendly warm-ups um, going on yesterday um, and we were actually at home yesterday doing stuff for the wedding so we didn't um, we, we didn't go to any but we were able to catch up with some of them on the live stream so do you want to give us the lowdown on those Sid? Okay shall we start off at Loughborough where the Lightning played the Sunrisers and there were two good wins for Lightning. Uh, some, some big runs for Marie Kelly um, she got a 69 and a 32 both are, are quite incredible strike rates striking at like 200 um, 200 plus. Um, she seems to be really starting to go for it this season. And um, now, there's, uh, maybe there's a, there's a tiny caveat that, of course, the uh, pitch at Loughborough, it's it's quite a small ground. The outfield's like a carpet. Um, it's a really good quality yeah, batting pitch lovely. because it's where England women train. So yeah. you know, the ECB have put a lot of money into that. Um, so you know, it's not. You shouldn't necessarily read. That, that she's going to be making those kinds of runs at every single match. Um, but nevertheless, she's made a really good start to it. And it kind of shows potentially what she could achieve this season. I keep saying this, keep banging on about it, that when people move and are kind of sort of mid-stage in their career, they can often reinvigorate their career, yeah. just in the way that Alex Hartley did, you know, all those years ago when she moved down to, to Middlesex. And that yeah. kind of kick-started the resurgence of her career that led to her ultimately, you know, winning a World Cup winner's yeah. medal. Um, and so it's great to see that Maria's, you know, made that move and seems to be, you know, really relishing that opportunity. So good for her, good for her there. Um, Josie Groves as well. She's progressed. She did play one game last year. Uh, leg spinner uh, came up through the Lightning Academy. Um, she got five for yesterday, mm. um, and you know was looking good. Um, you know she's getting she perhaps um, not as much not getting as much turn as Danny Gregory down okay. at uh, Surrey, um, but perhaps a bit more than Sarah Glenn. Um, and you know looks, England, looking a good prospect. England need a leg spinner. Well, England yeah. need a leg spinner, Sid. Yeah, got to keep so, our eye on who, who it could be. <laughs> Two wins there for the Lightning. Uh, Sunrise Cordelia Griffiths got a few runs for Sunrisers, mm -hmm. so that's their, their one positive. But unfortunately, that was really the one positive for Sunrisers there. Okay. Uh, over the other side of the Midlands at the Edgbaston Foundation Ground, it's another ground that's not a huge ground, and it's again a, a, a very well maintained ground. Uh, Edgbaston, Birmingham uh, Bears, and Warwickshire use that as part of their men's second eleven setup as well. Um, uh, Izzy Wong. Wow, uh, ninety-four off thirty-three balls. Yeah, now she say? she also had a huge one one notable beginnings in WBBL, didn't she? Yeah. Now I'm just just wondering here. What is is, is he, despite all the hype about Izzy Wong as a pace merchant, is she going to actually end up as a batter? Because we, it wouldn't be the first time we've seen this, and not least Danny Wyatt. Danny Wyatt yeah, started playing for England as true. a bowler, and of course now she she hasn't bowled bowled internationally for for you know seriously for a long time. To, Perhaps the odd over in the last five years has been all that there's been. Um, now, one of the world's leading batters, is that where ultimately Izzy Wong's going to wind up? So she's not going to bowl at 80 miles an hour. She's going to make runs at 80 miles an hour. Well, <laughs> she was certainly doing it yesterday. Uh, so Sparks v Storm ended up with one, one win each. She's awarded yeah. 20 matches. Um, and then finally, uh, Vipers v Stars. So the Vipers, um, you know, obviously the kind of the seem to beat. Because uh, you are not biased at all. No, not at all. <laughs> but against the, the one team that have 
other team to have won a regional trophy, the Stars. Okay. Um, and, you know, of course, the Stars associated with the Able Invincibles, who, um, you know, beat the Brave to the, the 100 title. They did. Sorry about um, that, Sid. So two of the top teams, um, and Vipers, Vipers very much came out on top. Um, I think that it was quite instructive at, at how m much, you know, Vipers kind of, they, uh, they just were really positive in that experience for them to have come out on top against the Stars, who are really going to be one of their key challenges this year. Mm. Um, so there were 50s for Maya Boucher and for Georgia Adams. Georgia Adams actually in the end retired. She, she got bored on 67. No, um, they were giving other people opportunities. Yeah. That, that shows how much the Vipers were on top that, that Gads was able to just go, okay, I'll let someone else have a go yeah. now because we're going to win this game. Um, yeah, Alice Capsey for the other side, uh, on the other side, she got two scores of 21. Both, Bingo! Both, both strike rates over 100, but I think what we really need to see from her is her pushing on a bit yeah. beyond that. We keep seeing that so far this season. She's making good starts, but she's not pushing on into the 40s and beyond. Um, you know, I think that she's someone that's, you know, when she gets into the bigger games, she, she might actually kind of sort of psychologically, you know, take it a yes, bit more seriously, and we so. might see some bigger scores from her then, but that's what we'll be looking for, for her to do. Um, so yeah, very positive for, for the Vipers and considering also they were missing players. So they were missing two key players, um, Tara Norris, um, who is off to Fairbreak, um, and Anya Shrubsol, who wasn't playing in these games. So, you know, they'll both be playing, you'd expect them to play pretty much every match for the Vipers this season. Hang on a minute, Anya Shrubsol, a Viper? Indeed, Raph. Um, <laughs> what devilry is this? <laughs> we, we, we discussed this last week, what, what Anya might do, because of course, we totally didn't know what she was going to do. Um, yeah, no, we did, yeah, we so did discuss the, the, the possibility she might be yeah, doing other things. She's signed as player coach for the Southern Vipers. Um, so she was obviously the captain of the Southern Brave last year in the 100. So she sort of had one foot in the Vipers camp, but she has very much played all of her domestic cricket um, in the West Country, hasn't she? The, the whole way through. So Bath and then Somerset and then Western Storm in the, K the KSL and most recently in regionals. So it's a, it's a move, isn't it? It's a move. Yeah, no, I think it's really positive. So that it's, it's very much a sort of career move as well that um, it, it's really nice to see somebody making a positive move and going, I'm not just going to step down into a regional contract and play for, you know, a couple more years, but I'm actually going to do something that's actually kind of a, it's, you know, it's a bit of a promotion as well as it, as well as a demotion. Yeah. It's kind of both ways. It's obviously, you know, you're going to get less money um, for a domestic contract than you get for playing for England. It's, it's a significant climb down for a player of, you know, Anya would have been on one of the higher contracts for England. She's now gone down quite a way, but, um, you know, she's made the positive move of going, I'm going to do some coaching as well. And she, I think she'll be really good at that. I've yeah. mentioned um, previously, I think, that, you know, I know that Lauren Bell particularly respects her and has got so much, out of, last week's episode. so much out of working so. with her. And it's, that's going to be, you know, something that everybody at the Vipers is going to be able to experience. So, you know, and to have her playing all the matches as well, um, you know, I think that, you know, it, again, Vipers, the team to beat this season is and I think be that tough for anyone And else. I think that one of the interesting things about this is that, um, you know, nobody knew that Anna Shrubsall was going to retire before the World Cup. Um, I think that she's, she's said publicly now that she did tell um, the rest of the England girls ahead of the final and she did look very emotional during the final. So there was a little bit of speculation. Um, but it wasn't a move that she planned for a long time. Um, and so actually there's been a kind of, you know, almost a very short window for Vipers to sign her um, and to, you know, get on the phone and say, look, leave Western Storm and come over to us. And I think that's really interesting because Charlotte Edwards is obviously the mover and shaker behind this decision and has 
uh, very quickly reacted and gone, right, Anja Schultz retired. I want her to come and be on my team. I want her to be coaching in my camp um, because I think that she is going to be a real asset to Vipers. Um, and that's, you know, that's actually a very um, strategically kind of, um, well, it's, you know, it shows real strategic nows from, from Lottie, I think. Um, and that's, you know, one of the strengths that she really brings and one of the reasons why the Vipers have been so, have been so successful is her ability to very quickly go, yeah, actually, I am going to give give this person um, the, who I really respect and think is brilliant the chance to kind of come over to us. And, and almost as well, the fact that she got on the phone to Anya and Anya was like, yeah, sure, OK, I'll come and do that. Despite the fact that, as I've just said, she has played all of her almost all of her domestic cricket in the West Country. Um, you know, that's the kind of loyalty that Charlotte Edwards inspires. When when somebody, you know, when she gives you a ring and says, come and play for me, you go, yeah, okay, I will. Um, or come and coach for me, you say, yeah, okay, I will, because I think that, you know, it's a good move for me. So that's interesting and it shows um, that, you know, Charlotte Edwards is, is continuing to um, really, you know, she's not, she's never content to rest on her laurels. No, you know, she could say, Yeah, she could say, oh, well, Vipers were already very strong, but she's, she's always looking around going, how can I make her stronger? And as you say, Anya Shopsall is going to do that. So it's very exciting. And a chance for Anya to learn learn from her as well. I mean, of course, we overlooked that slightly, that, that by coaching with Charlotte Edwards, Anya has a chance to you know, learn how, how she does things because she has been very successful. And what's still a comparatively short coaching career, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's, she's only been doing it for like five years or something. Um, and yet... You know, she's she's already building you know a long term squad there, and of course, yeah. you know she's not necessarily even going to stay there all that long. I mean, there's a lot of speculation that she could be England's next coach. You're talking about um, Charlotte, Charlotte Edwards, Edwards, not yeah. Anna Shrubsole, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and then you know, Anya Shrubsole is the next Vipers coach when well, Charlotte Edwards moves into the England job. Oh, Anya Shrubsole was the assistant coach for England when Charlotte Edwards moved into the England job. Maybe, yeah. I mean, not not a bad person to be assistant to. Yeah. Okay, so well, that's that's been exciting. Now there's been another coaching appointment announced this week um, in terms of regional cricket. Um, Laura Marsh has been unveiled as the new coach of the Sunrisers. Um, and from what you were saying there, Sid, about Sunrisers' early performances in this season, she's going to possibly have her work cut out for her in that role. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, you know, so uh, this weekend will have been her first kind of proper proper weekend in the job, really, and you know. They, they got absolutely smashed by Lightning. And, you know, Lightning are not the strongest side from last mm. season. So it's going to be a tough, tough. one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess that, the, you know, the only way is up from here. Um, you know, and that might be that what, what saves her, that, that there's going to be the quite low expectations of what she's able to achieve because there, there's clearly, a, you know, things that aren't just aren't really going right there. And there's, they've... There's, there's a growing gap between, you know, Sunrisers and the other, even the other weaker sides, let alone the stronger sides. Well, I've talked about so this before, be a... that in a new competition, um, if you do badly in the first year couple of, or couple of years, um, then you, you do establish yourself with that reputation. And it, it's very difficult to climb your way out of that then, because, you know, if... if you know, let's say, um, I, this this didn't happen to my knowledge, but let's say Danny Warren of Sunrisers had rung Anne Shrubsole in the last couple of weeks and gone, do you want to come over and coach at Sunrisers? Um, then it's not a very attractive option for Anya to go and do that because, um, you know, you don't necessarily want to be associated with... Um, sounds horrible but like a sinking ship you you want you want to be associated with a, a successful team um and so that's that's quite difficult and so i do think that it's a difficult job for laura marsh um it's kind of her birth, first big 
um, sort of head coaching role, isn't it? Um, she was doing a bit for Oval Invincibles last season, and I know this because um, when I interviewed Alice Capsey at the end of the season, she actually has said, oh, um, I found that um, Laura Marsh was really helpful for me um, in developing my offspin. Because um, we all often talk about Capsi as a as a batter, but she of course has been quite successful as an offspin bowler as well. I think she took a few wickets yesterday, um, and I thought that was you know so that was interesting because um, I hadn't quite picked up that Laura Marsh was was doing that. Um, and so she obviously does have you know she can help some of you some of the some of the best domestic players. So that's a that's a point in her favour, isn't it? But it's a very different job, kind of that one to one coaching yeah. thing and imparting your knowledge. Um, you know, to managing an entire yeah. franchise, and you know the coach is very much expected to be the leader. Obviously, they have got managing director as well. Um, you know, who does some of that sort of management team management stuff. But you're still very much expected to be the person coming out, coming out front. You're expected to be the person that's kind of, into a sense, answerable to the media and things. And I know there's yeah. not that much media attention around the, the domestic game here at this stage. It's going to grow, isn't it? It, it will grow, and you know she's yeah. going to have to face up to that a little bit. And that's not something that she's been kind of famous for doing she's 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 not massively keen on the whole talking to the media thing or she wasn't in her career quite a quiet player you know didn't really like the limelight um and it was interesting actually that after she finished for england she went off into business she she originally didn't anticipate continuing her career in cricket uh she took up that she missed role it. in business i guess that she missed um, it and decided that she had something more to now do. Now she's back and she's got, so you know... The, best of the, luck to her. The I, challenge I, of her life. I think it is... The other reason why it's a bit tough is obviously the departure of Trevor Griffin as coach a few, a few weeks ago or however long ago it was um, is has meant that a lot of the big decisions have already been taken. Um, you know, they've got... You know, they've named Kelly Castle as captain, for example. Um, so that's... The, and, you know, and they've got their squad in place. Um, there's a very short gap now between um, her with between Marsha's appointment and the start of the season so it's going to be difficult for her to kind of stamp her authority on the side in that way um, and the other thing is as well she is an interim appointment um, because you know they they were kind of it, it, it to all intents and purposes as far as we know they were left very much scrabbling around trying to find somebody um, after the departure of Trevor Griffin which was very sudden and unanticipated um, and so they've made her, you know, they've, they've um, kind of, they've got Laura Marsh on board as an interim appointment. And you would hope that in due course, they will go through a kind of proper transparent recruitment and appointment process. Um, because it remains so important. important that even though you yeah. know, it's a woman that's got this job, it's important that we, that we don't, you know, kind of allow our standards as a game to slip and that, that we, we make the permanent appointments on the basis of you know a Rooney rule, and on the basis of saying that we we're going to interview minority candidates as well as yeah. female candidates and things. That's not to say that Laura Marsh won't get the job no. when they when they when they advertise it properly. She'd be in a, a strong time. position, definitely. Um, but you know it should be a position that ultimately does get advertised yeah. and where they do go through a, you know, a transparent, yeah. open process with proper interviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we don't want to go from a jobs for the boys situation to a jobs for the girls situation. Exactly. That sounds like a quote, Raph. That's <laughs> <laughs> a quote from Raph Nicholson. <laughs> okay. <Mind> well. drop. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are going to see some cricket this weekend because we're off to see the biggest rivalry in global cricket tomorrow. It's Sussex v Kent. Yeah. Um, so the, we're off to Becca. Yeah. The County uh, T20 Cup continues. Brighton's. Um, so that should be should be a good game. Sussex yeah. have been looking good so far in the in the county competitions, mm -hmm. uh, and but well, Kent have Kent been looking even better. Have been looking even better. Yeah. So you know that 
It should be a couple of cracking games I did, there. I did tweet about this and a couple of the Sussex players liked my tweet <laughs> about this being the biggest rivalry in global cricket. So, you know, I think there's going to be some... There's 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 certainly no love lost between these teams, so I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, that's just a little bit of an aside. Um, shall we talk about Fair Break, Sid? Fair Break is starting this week. It is. And we did talk about it a bit last week, um, but there's been some more big news um, announced in the last few days, which is actually... Massive news. <laughs> Massive news. <laughs> Heather Knight, England captain, has signed for a fair break. Um, and as far as we know, this is quite a, a last minute signing. Um, and I think that it probably must be because otherwise they would have been banging on about it for weeks and months, wouldn't they, if they already had her lined up? Because it's quite a big deal signing the England captain, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's definitely the, the kind of feather in their cap in terms of like legitimising the tournament and things. And, you know, a, a really positive thing for them. And, you know, what, what's really important for them going forwards is, to, is for people to take the tournament seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, that's their, their challenge kind of thing, because, you know, they're, they're doing something that, that traditionally these private private T20 leagues, you know, the, the kind of things that exist in the men's game, like the Abu Dhabi T10, you know, there's people like look down their noses slightly at them. It's something that players do, you know, that perhaps at the end of their career um, or, you know, to make a bit of money at, okay. when they're no longer playing so much international cricket or a play, the players that are only playing white ball cricket. Um, so that 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 legitimacy that the sign like Heather Knight gives them is just you know that's that's, that's price whatever it was that they paid her and the the players we understand are being very well very well paid for this this gig, um so you know Heather Knight will be taking home you know a good chunk of money a, a good chunk of what she would normally earn in a season good for her um yeah and you know but she's gonna she's she's gonna make it worth their while because you know great signing for them yeah and lots of PR. Um, it's going to be lots of PR around that. Um, so that's exciting. I feel it is a little bit of a gamble, I have to say, on behalf of the ECB to let her go. Um, and and I, I say let her go, I mean, it's difficult to know exactly what the power dynamic is because it may have been that she just said to them, I'm going, and, and there, there wasn't a huge amount they could do to stop her. I'm not quite sure how that works. I don't know. I mean, in theory, obviously, the they can stop her because the ECB can refuse to issue a no objection certificate, but obviously, yeah. you know, the politics might dictate mm -hmm. that, that she's though, going, that she's captain. powerful enough to to do that and yeah that, um you know but i think okay so but in terms of it, it being a gamble I, I mean she is somebody who in recent years has struggled a little bit with injury she's managed to not miss very many games for england um because it's been very carefully managed and um, her workload um but she has had problems with with hamstrings that have taken her out of the game in the past and she missed was it one or two matches against new zealand last summer for example because of a hamstring problem um, and she's not bowled very much um, recently and that's because she's concerned about her workload and um, you know wants to make sure she's in the best shape possible. So given that the South Africa series um, is, is coming up and that's going to be quite intense because there's going to be a test um, and then obviously the Commonwealth Games is going to be quite soon after that and that's obviously going to be very intense because um, lots of games in a very short period of time and it's going to be a very high profile competition feels like to let your England captain then go off and play in fair break and, and potentially risk injuring herself ahead of that is a gamble um, and it's a bit tricky and, um, and you know Heather Knight did say at the end of last season I'm a bit concerned about the workload um, on me and, and the rest of my players and um, you know the, the seasons are very long now um, well this is going to add to that workload isn't it? Yeah, it's, she's you, made her own it's inescapable. Yeah um, and so that 
concerns me a little bit. Um, I wonder whether the ECB have thought through the implications of that. And obviously they don't have a successor for Heather. So if she does kind of knock herself out of either of those um, or both of those big tournaments that are coming up, then um, or, or one of them's a series, one of them's a tournament, then that's a bit tricky because who's going to captain? I mean, I guess you say with Nat Siver. Well, but Nat Siver has very much kind of been a stand-in captain whereby Heather has given her instructions from the sidelines and said, do X, Y, and Z, as far as I can see. Um, well, yeah, so no, one of the games that Nat Siver captain, she was, she was asked after the by game me. You know, about, about <laughs> decisions me. and she yes. was like well I didn't take any of the decisions exactly. they were decisions that me. were made by the management yeah. I was just yeah I was just doing what Heather said um so she's been fairly open about that um anyway so that's tricky and um, the other thing that has I mean fair break is brilliant um in many ways and it's brilliant for a lot of players who don't get opportunities um but from the ECB's perspective and from the from the perspective of English cricket and trying to develop our domestic system um, what you're effectively doing is saying to these players, it's fine for you to go off and do this and we're going to knock you out of um, any of the women's county stuff, first of all, and then the first round of the Charlotte Edwards Cup, which is on the 14th of May and um, 14th of May, funny day. Um, and the final of fair break um, which is the 15th of May. So they're going to definitely miss the first round at least. Um, and that's. That's just a bit rubbish, isn't it? Like we knew that the ECB yeah, you're, you're handing legitimacy to yeah. fair break and then kind of at removing the expense it from, of your own from domestic system, your own domestic competitions. Yeah, so. um, and we knew that the ECB weren't massively keen on women's county cricket. They don't particularly take it massively seriously anymore. Um, but the regional system, you know, it's meant to be the best, be the best. It's meant to be developing the players of the future. Um, and by taking out a contingent of England players from that and saying it's okay for you to go off and play in fair break instead, just seems to me to be undermining that goal. And I don't like it. Um, but I realise that that's a very Anglo-centric perspective and probably not going to be massively popular, um, you know, particularly if you really think that it's so important that we develop um, players from these other nations who don't have the resources that we have in England. And so I, I can see that perspective, but I just feel slightly aggrieved um, in terms of regional cricket missing out there. OK, well, you know, we'll be tuning in. Um, it's on free-to-air television in the UK, yeah, if, if you weren't aware. It's channel, it's supposed to be channel 64, but it's actually channel 65 on our television. I've no idea what that is. Um, but <laughs> okay. tune your channel, tune your TV on, to channel 60-something and watch some cricket this week. Yeah, good. OK, um, see you in a week's time. Bye. Bye.